0: Our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments.
1: Hello and welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Karen Conrad, and I just want to thank you for joining us. It's really an honor and a privilege for you to spend some time with us. And I'm really encouraged by uh, the feedback that we're getting that this podcast is something that is really helping people and providing you with some information. I know you've just had a few weeks of Billy talking about leadership which is amazing. And today I'm going to be picking up on part two of fix and flips. In the previous podcast, I talked about the pros and cons of fix and flips. And today I'm going to talk about five practical steps to help you with fix and flips. We just got finished with a great weekend. We had the Wealth Builders Real Estate Workshop in Denver, Colorado. Many of you were probably there. We had so many of you online as well, so thank you for being a part of that and learning about the current market. Fix and flips is there's always an opportunity for it, but in particular Uh, This is actually a time you need to be aware of what the market is doing and uh, be kind of cautious going into fix and flips. And I'll tell you why. It's because when we are in a market that we're in with a potential downturn in values... We make money when we buy, right? Not when we sell. So we need to do our due diligence. And so when we get started with the flip, we don't want to get caught in a downturn where we're expecting to make a certain amount on that flip only to find the values going down uh, below what we expected. And so with that, we want to be aware of it, not afraid of it, but just make sure that we are looking at multiple exit strategies and that we are really buying right before we venture into a fix and flip. Personally, I love fix and flips because the transformation part is just so fun. And it's one of the ways that According to De- Deuteronomy 8:18, 8, God gives us the power to create wealth. I believe fix and flips in our real estate portfolio is a very critical part of being able to create that that wealth that God is describing. Also, it's an important part of our strategy to keep the cash flow going. So when we invest in properties, uh, Billy says if, that the rhythm is if you buy two or three buy and holds and do a flip, two or three buy and holds and do a flip. The The reason is you can get the cash out uh, that you've invested in. It allows you to grow your portfolio and take that cash and move into a greater position of properties. So keeping that in mind, I want to go through five steps that will practically help you when analyzing uh, a fix and flip opportunity and really give you a little bit of what I like to call rails to run on to start to pursue this and find that right property. So number one in the five steps is to research the market. This is the first step towards serious house flipping is to know the market. There is a big difference in markets. There are some markets, for example, what we're in down in Florida, it has not slowed down one bit. It's almost gotten tighter. And some of that is because people are locked into low interest rates. Maybe they're a little cautious of what's happening in the market. They're hanging on to their houses. They're not so quick to sell because they have to think about what they're gonna buy into or even rental rates going up. It's where are we going to move to? But there are still deals on the market if you study it and know what the potential is. Also, if you uh, maybe drive around a neighborhood, And you see a property that looks like maybe the yard is not being kept up. uh, Something has happened with that property where they are not living there and might be in an opportunity where they want to sell that property to you. And that could be a way for you to find uh, the right property to be able to do a flip on. But when you get a familiarity with the market, which really requires having a great real estate agent unless you are in that market and can learn about it. You want to know what the potential is with that property. So research the market, find out what is happening in that area and what exit strategies are available for you. There are three exit strategies that I go over, and this is where we personally only buy properties that it would work in at least two of these three. And I think that's one way to keep you in that safe place if you're looking at doing a flip as well. So one exit strategy would be to be able to sell it at the ARV, which is the pure flip. You do the renovations, you know what the value is, you list it, you get a sale, and then you take that cash. The second exit strategy is a buy and hold. So when you look at that property as a potential flip, also analyze it to see if this is something that if you needed to hang on to it to ride through maybe a little volatility in the values of properties, would it cash flow as a rental? And then a third exit strategy that we are leveraging in um, one of the markets in Florida we're in is vacation rentals and executive rentals. If you can hit those three and you know that the property is going to work and you're not going to put yourself in a really big cash crunch, you can weather through some of the movement in the values of properties by transitioning it to one of those exit strategies. Um, My home that I had in Minnesota, when I moved out to Colorado, it was an executive home. And when we entered into the, um, when I when I moved and I went into the buy and hold market, it was really strong. It was in uh, the challenging where the values of properties were down in that 2012 timeframe, but the rental rates were high during that time. So it covered my payment. It actually gave me some cash flow and it worked out great. However, when the market turned and interest rates went down, the people that were renting were now in a position to buy because they were able to afford a a really great property and get it at a high interest rate. And the rental market tightened up. So I did not have the opportunity to have a strong tenant at that high executive rental amount. And so I transitioned it into a vacation rental or a short-term rental, and that bridged the gap for me. So that's what I'm talking about, the exit strategies. It doesn't mean that you dump the property. It just means that if the market has fluctuations, do I have a way that I can hang on to that property? I'm not completely dependent upon the ups and downs of the values, and I'm able to weather it uh, from a financial standpoint. So number one, research the market, and that is your first step towards serious house flipping is knowing the market. Number two, and this is huge, secure your finances. Before you even consider a purchase, you're going to need the money to flip the house. Um, So let me just dig into that a little bit to help you understand what I'm talking about. When you go into a contract to buy a house at a maybe a low price or a good price, you know, something that is going to put you in a good position to make money on your flip, you really need to be able to close on that deal. And the key to being able to close on that deal is to have your finances in order, whether it's through getting a traditional mortgage, whether it's through a home equity line of credit that you're able to go in as a cash buyer. Uh, whether it's through something that is like a DSCR loan that is underwriting that property solely based on the cash flow or the opportunity of what that ARV, which is after repair value is, or if you're working with a local bank and um, they will finance the construction part of it, know what you have as far as finances available when you go into that. Now, the way that we've done flips is we purchase the property and we've had enough cash to, to put into that property to do the renovations that are required. And we either sell the property or we do a cash out refinance and then turn it into either a buy and hold or uh, a vacation rental. What can happen and what has happened, actually one of our coaching clients at Wealth Builders was sharing this, this last weekend, we had a networking event with our coaching clients and they said that they had a flip that they were doing in Colorado and they got caught in that drop in the market and they had a lot of their own money that was put into that property so they sold it at a $60,000 reduction because they needed to get or they wanted to get their cash out. That's why securing your finances and being prepared with any downturn that we've got an indication now to watch for it and know what your money looks like, so that you don't get into a cash flow crunch that puts you in a position that brings stress or anxiety. So, um, again, this is nothing to be afraid of. I'm just sharing with you some things that helps you plan. And there are still deals out there that, if you are doing a flip, you can find them if you buy them right and you you plan your finances and your cash flow. Number three. Understand renovation, your holding and your closing costs. I'm one of those that I need my son Levi and my husband Dave to help reel me in because I want everything super beautiful, right? I love to design properties and I just look at them as if it's something I'm going to move into, uh, which you need some balance with that. That's good in that you're going to make the property look amazing, which helps you to ensure that you're going to get top dollar if you sell it or even on the rental uh, market. But you have to understand your renovation costs. So what we do is we put together renovation costs. I like to use a local general contractor if I can. Uh, In our Florida properties, Levi is actually generaling those and does a great job and then pack on 10 to 15%. There's going to be something you don't expect. Hopefully you have some cash savings uh, on some of the parts too, but generally I've really never seen a project come completely under budget. So just pad it with 10 to 15% to keep you safe and then also calculate out your holding and your closing costs. We were sharing Bill Bronchek is was actually doing this session where he was saying when you watch programs, you know, like the uh, Property Brothers uh, or any renovation show, what they do is they say, we bought it at this amount, $150,000. We put 50000 into it. Uh, we sold it for two fifty, and we made $50,000. Well, that's not really true because what about the holding costs? <laughs> what happens with those, you know, electric bills you have to pay? The taxes that you have to pay during that time. And then there's something called closing costs. When you purchase a property, uh, depending on... On the state that you're in, it can be very expensive. So we need to make sure that we're calculating those very real expenses into our analysis for the fix and flips. So understand renovation, understand your holding costs, and your closing costs. All right, number four is find and buy a house according to the 70% rule. This is very helpful and it's going to keep you disciplined. Uh to not, you know gamble, you might say, or not roll the dice a bit with a with a project that you're just really passionate about. This is what the 70% rule is. The 70% rule says that an investor should aim to pay no more than 70% of a property's after repair value or ARV. This includes the price you pay for the property itself as well as any estimated repair costs. So after repair value is something that your real estate agent can help you with. You can determine what your house will be worth after the repairs that you're doing. You can also get an appraisal on that and get a very solid ARV. Usually banks will require that or if you're financing things or even if you're out getting private. Uh, money, they're going to want to see some evaluation to know that when they put the money in to help you to do the rehab or the remodel, that they're going to get their money back. So this is what it looks like in an example of it. An ARV, let's say I found a property uh, and the after repair value of that property is $200,000. And then we work backwards, and we determine that our renovations and holding costs for that property, and we want to estimate, depending on the market, let's just say six months, um, and that can be higher, it can be lower, and also depends on the um, amount that you're paying for the property. Higher-end properties take longer uh, to sell. They also take longer to renovate. You might be able to turn something in three months, but I would just be safe and put six months of holding costs into it plus your renovations, which includes a 10 to 15% little bump up. Let's say that's $50,000. Then you can back into that and determine how much you should pay for that property. So if I take the ARV of $200,000, I minus out 50000 and then I times that net of $150,000 times 70%. That tells me that I should pay no more than $105,000 for that property. Isn't that great? I think that is a wonderful tool to keep us disciplined and keep us in that, that space and that place that we're not going to put things at risk. All right, and finally, number five is you want to sell for a profit, right? So when you calculate your ARV based on the 70% rule, you figured in your holding costs, you've looked at the area, and you know that you're buying right, that is the fun part is to sell for a profit, Um, And that's what makes flipping fun. Now I want to share with you a couple things to think about too, about uh, finding the right market to buy in. And then I'm going to share with you uh, the options for when you sell, what the timing can do as far as tax consequences. So finding the the right market to buy in, ultimately the best cities to flip houses in will have all the right ingredients. I'm going to give you what those ingredients are. The potential of a good ROI, which seems obvious, a return on investment, and you apply the five steps to help you with that. You want to find a market that's got affordable renovation costs. There are some markets that are so tight for workers right now that the renovation costs are through the roof. So go into a market, make some connections. Your real estate agent can help with that. Get some bids and understand what your rental costs are going to be. Invest in an area where there's a high demand for homes. We are seeing some softening in some areas and then other areas like I described it earlier in the podcast, we're not seeing a softening at all, all, uh, almost more like a tightening in the market. And then you wanna look for an area that's got good economic growth. That is good as far as flips, but it's also really good for those other two exit strategies of a potential buy and hold or vacation rental. Here's some financing things to consider for flips. There's a lot of options for you. The first one would be to buy a con- or get a conventional loan and fund improvements and that's what we've actually been doing. We want to maybe look at some other options but we would put our percentage down, go get a traditional conventional loan and then we would take the cash that we had in our account and we would fund the improvements then either sell it or do the cash out refinance and get the money back out and start moving it into purchasing more properties. You can also do the ARV loan through your local bank. I used to do that when I was a banker. It was really fun. Not every bank does it but the ones that do it's it's really good for them because there is a few more fees that they can charge for it. And it's really good for you because once you connect with a local bank where they really get your business, you can just go in and you can do multiple projects with them. You can do something called a home style loan, which is a Fannie and Freddie product that is based on an ARV. couple things to think uh, through with this is it requires a general contractor, unless you go through an extensive amount of work to show that you are actually qualified with it. And there are some limits limitations on the ownerships with that. But it's something to look at. And anytime you've got a Fannie or Freddie product, you're really looking more at that conventional loan pricing. There's something called a 203B, which is a HUD loan product. And that's something to look at too. This works best when you are doing a primary dwelling uh, and maybe it's something that you're willing to move into a property. You can actually get your improvements financed. You can look at private financing, that's an option. And then also partner investor financing where you either go in with a percentage where you agree like I'm going to pay you 10% for your investment plus these fees. Or in some cases, you can find an investor that is willing to front all the money And uh, then you get a percentage for the work that you're doing. They get their money back and their percentage of uh, profit as well. All right. So we're going to end on this today, just talking about uh, something called a 1031 exchange, which if you're in real estate, you've heard of this before. But a 1031 exchange is a possibility for a flip, but you have to hold that property for a year. I'm gonna give you an example of that, but also let you know that if you sell a home on a flip within 12 months, it goes on your tax return as earned income. That's generally taxed at a higher rate than uh, after a year, which you are allowed to do capital gains, but you can really implement this strategy called a 1031 exchange. So here is uh, something to look at for 1031 exchange rules. The first one is a like-kind exchange. This is one of the guidelines for a 1031. And basically what this is, is you um, hang on to that property uh, for a period of time through the renovations. You have to hold it for 12 months and then you are eligible for this. And uh, what it allows you to do is it allows you to take the increase that you received that would have been taxable on capital gains and go ahead and take it and purchase another property and move the money over there, not have to claim it on your taxes, but you're deferring that income. So it must be like kind exchange, meaning all property types held for productive use in a trader or business or for investment. So it's just saying that whatever you are selling, you have to do something similar to purchase a new property. There's something called a 45-day rule. You must identify your next property within 45 days of the closing of the previous property. That can be a little stressful for people like, oh my gosh, I have to find a property so fast. But remember, it's identifying the next property. You don't have to close in that period of time. It does require you to have 180 day closing, which is almost six months. That's a time in which you must close on your acquisition property from the closing of your disposition property, which in this case would be the flip that we've been talking about. There are some escrow restrictions with the 1031 exchange. And you must trade for a property of equal or greater value. Now, if this is of interest to you and you want to learn out more, learn more about it, we actually have a complete session on this at Frank Pulley Just did this last weekend at the real estate workshop, uh, and really we talk a lot about many of the concepts that I touched on in here. And I would encourage you that if you're uh, interested in learning more about this, the USB or the digital product from the workshop is available for you at a really great price. It includes over 20 sessions of teaching on real estate. And you get all the PowerPoints and supporting templates that we've used throughout the weekend. So to learn more about that, go to wealthbuilders.org. And on the main page, there's going to be the products that we have for the October 2022 real estate conference. Or if you're listening to this and that time has passed, it's maybe been a couple months past that at least, just go to wealthbuilders.org, go to the shop and then click on real estate products. And we've got um, what I just described, we've got we've got a real estate master series where we go into great detail on all these different, uh, options for you. So I hope this has been helpful for you as far as fix and flips. Uh, and I just, you know, encourage you to do your research. And if you have in your heart to do fix and flips, just know that there are properties out there when you research the market and you follow the steps that we talked about, there is no reason that you can't successfully do a fix and flip even in today's market. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and make it a great day.
0: We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exists to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.